You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. like you're not impressed with the quality bro dude that was don't I, act like you're not impressed i don't want to cut off the singer sorry and that's what we were talking about before we started and i was figuring this out um ladies and gentlemen another episode of the emo brown podcast with a frequent flyer somebody's been here before somebody's coming back i think it's like your fourth time i think one is At still least. on the cutting room floor <laughs> the dad I, podcast think, oh, yeah. <laughs> dad core yeah, 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 yeah. it's still there bro yeah, i might I mean, I might just leak it. I'm just fucking leaking. Bonus episode. Yeah. Patreon. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Joshua Kemble. Hello. Where is Joshua Kemble from? Hi. He's a man. I'm parked over there. (laughs) Joshua Kemble, once upon a time, lead singer for the ever popular, overwhelming, influential Dogwood. Wow. I made the mistake one time of calling you Christian punk rock. Not even a mistake, but I remember you were like, that's not not what we were. No, I think that was a, it's a, it's a good categorization for where it was, I think. And, and it grew. But overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, I think it's, uh, that that's a genre that it could go in, but it's overall in the rock and then punk rock. And then, you know, you can keep getting sub, sub, sub genre. I don't want, and I wanted to bring you back in because one, it's been a long time since we've got together and chatted. Two, there's a bunch of new uh, listeners that, that listen to the I, Brown podcast. I knew guys. Hey, hi, hi. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm new. And I just wanted people to kind of like get in touch with what you're about, what, mm-hmm. what, what, what you were about, and what you're doing currently, man. You got a lot of things on your plate. And every time I look at people who are staying busy during the pandemic, you're always in the thick of it. Whether <laughs> it's your culinary, whether it's now your new project with podcasting, whether it's music. Like, if you've legitimately stayed in the thick of it since day one. Yeah, you can't not. Uh, or at least, here's what I feel is... Uh, actually, it's good when we talk. You remind me that I'm doing that because sometimes I feel like you get stuck in the am zone. Am I doing something? Yeah. Am I? I feel you. I don't know. I'm doing a lot of things, but is it really anything? And uh, it's good to he- hear from you know. Okay, back backtrack. Here. <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> intro, did you at the end of the that you know the slick music? Are you going? Are you saying? Are you saying saws like the hops? Not the hops, but yes, the word like that. S-A-A-S. S-A-A-S. Lame ass fool. I don't know, because I wanted to make sure, because I thought it was like a beer, an homage to your beer. It's like a sauce. Like a crescendo, bro. Like you're at the pinnacle of what you're hitting. You're like, sauce. You but know? sometimes in the, the Mexican thing. Sometimes I'll say it's that, like orale. Yeah, it's like that's the sauce. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So I just wanted to see what you were saying to make sure because sauce. I get misinterpreted a lot in my lyrics. So I wanted to yeah. tell people. Tell me a little bit about your background. You know, <laughs> I, I I've heard it a lot of times, yeah. but I love hearing it every Ooh. all over again. Dogwood. Also, also, yes, I want to get to that. But is this? Can we say this is the Tremo Tremo Brown? Tremo Brown. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard Tremo Brown I don't know, because I'm looking at this beautiful, you know, tree. I'm surprised both, well, to reveal a little bit what's yes, going on yes. today. We also have Eric Casas in the fucking tree What's up, Eric? Eric Casas, he's the man behind many fucking projects in San Diego and fucking Vegas, everywhere. He's just 
for those of you who have heard the podcast before where he was on it, motherfucker discovered the killers, bro. Motherfucker was at a bar and I said, you know what? You got a feature in this game, in this indie rock game. I'm going I'm to link you up with somebody. So, yeah, man, he's best friends with Ricky Schroeder. They live in the same complex. You know, they say they share the same political views, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no. But, yeah, Eric Casas uh, takes care for, for us more closer to home. He takes care of everything for the brewery now. So he comes in and he, he mm. shoots a lot, of, uh, a lot of video, a lot of footage, whether it's uh, film or, or pictures and and. He, Puts it all together. It comes out highly produced on the other side. Props, Eric. Props. And now we're kind of um, we've been we've been dick teasing with adding video to three to three punk for their website and Emil Brown for the podcast. And this is the uh, the building block. Is this from one which on video? This right was now? this was going to be something that uh, <laughs> we're going to work with moving forward. Um, okay. So thank you, Eric, cool. man. Yeah. It's a good also, step. dude, I don't know if you knew this, but this motherfucker is like connected all the way to the top. I don't like to you know, I don't I don't like to tell people what he's all about, but you mm -hmm. know. This fool's gone wild. Yeah? Is there <laughs> like literally fool's gone wild over here? Yeah, man. He gets down with him. He's, he's shit, man. He's just another <laughs> dude from the hood. He's just another dude from the hood here. Yeah. Look at him. Welcome. Welcome to the treehouse, both of up. you. We're high up. We're high. Yeah. I can, see, I can see roofs. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So I did. That was That's me. I was a singer in Dogwood for pretty the whole existence of the band. And uh, since high school, all the way, and I was full time for <clears throat> full time in the band for a good fourteen years or so, and then fourteen years of your life dedicated to fucking dog. Dedicated to the to punk rock. That's awesome ethos and just being a nerd. Um, and I gotta say, out here, I love having the birds chirping. Kind of, it's not over overwhelming, but it's in my ear. It's good ambiance. It creates a nice little it's uh, really soundtrack. Good for your soul too, because they're not the annoying birds. They're they're like twittering. They're, I think it's the bush tit. That's, a, that's <laughs> yeah. what the bird, the local wren or the bush tit. If I'm, it doesn't surprise me that you would be able to <laughs> nail that and know that. You know, I brought these chairs out here. I brought these tables out mm -hmm. here about a month ago. And where are we? We are located in my pad, bro. Okay, we're in the front yard of my house here in Chula Vista. When I say in the heart of Chula Vista, the brewery is three blocks from here. Okay, and that is like in downtown yeah, Chula Vista. You could you could totally see it from yeah. here. You yeah, know, yeah. um, you know, with everything going on currently, mm -hmm. uh, pandemic and mm -hmm. shit just continuing to spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, our wifeys and families were like, "Hey, if you're gonna keep doing that, you know, like, be a little bit more cautious about it. Go outside. Get out of luck. Yeah, go go outside at least. You know, so it's like this is perfect. You know, you, you're social distancing, and more importantly, you're outdoors. And if anything is proven, is that when you're outdoors, it's you're less likely to mm -hmm. you know contract anything. Sure. How have you been during the pandemic? Have, have did, oh, we got it. You did get it. The whole family. You were a little vague when I talked to you. Oh, just quarantining. I'm just quarantining. Oh, I'm sorry. I no, we we had that. We had. The virus. How was that? It was interesting because we all got it in different ways. And we don't know kind of where, who, or how it all started. But because um, we were pretty we're pretty cautious and safe. Um, uh, so I don't know. It could have been at Sprouts or, you know, touching. I don't know. I don't know because nobody knows exactly everything about it. But for us, we got it. Um, it started with my wife kind of getting sick, like a regular kind of sick. And... Um, and then my son, uh, he got, I, I feel like now that we had it and know a little bit more, we found out that it kind of attacks you in ways that your body might be already weak. So like my wife is more like prone to asthma and lung stuff. So it got her there. My son got high fever. I lost my sense of smell and taste, which sucks for being chef. a chef. <laughs> so I had to leave. I, you know, as soon as I did that, I was like, I'm I'm out of here. 
everyone go get tested. So everyone else is fine uh, at work. And um, how long was your uh, <laughs> sense of smell and sense of taste non-existent? A good solid, a good solid twelve days. Oh, bro, that's purgatory. Yeah. So it was slowly coming back, you know, little by little. But it, when it was gone, it was gone. I know somebody who's got who uh, got the COVID. Lost the sense of smell, sense of taste. They haven't recovered that yet. No, now. they have. There's all different lengths for everybody. So it's been months. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy cow! The longest I've seen on I've researched. The longest I've seen is a journalist who's sick about six months in without it. Which you know, that's, how do you describe not having a sense of smell or a sense of taste? It allowed me to, um, you know, I started drinking my coffee black and like, you know, you can't taste how bad echinacea pills really are. Uh-huh. You know, it it had its pluses and minuses. I didn't eat as much, or you know. Um, so that, I don't know if that's a plus or minus, but oh, like, I'll take I just that didn't diet. care. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't care as much to enjoy what I enjoy, uh, which I enjoy a lot of things that maybe, you know, that do have a lot of flavor, but maybe are, you know, not as, not as healthy and stuff like that. But I think that it's, it's, you don't realize how much you rely on those two things, right? The sense of smell and taste. I mean, it's at the epicenter of living, bro. It's one of your, it's two of you your You just senses. knocked out two of your senses There's right off the of, bat. If you have six, five or six, whatever, uh, it's two of the, my main ones. And so, um, as soon as first it was, you know, I was, I realized as I was eating, I was eating, a, uh, I was eating hamburgers from Rombom, my shout out ramen, Rombom, delicious burgers. And he, he drives up from Tijuana and every Thursday does a pop-up in Mira Mesa. And sells Damn, all the way to Mira Mesa? Yeah, he, that's where he, he, he came up in Mira Mesa. They moved down to Tijuana. Tell the homie to stop at Chula Vista. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Eventually, I mean, eventually, I'm sure. Right now, he's just popping up one day a week because mm-hmm. that trip. Commute isn't. But he's, he's growing. So I was eating the burgers and I was like, I can't totally taste everything. Let me try another one. Uh, <laughs> so, I know my, that trick. I'm my second one. <laughs> yeah, my I know when I told my friends uh that I had lost it they're like, "Oh, here's the here's a covid test. I I uh I I lost my I couldn't taste the beer, so I had to try take the test 19 more times and I still couldn't taste it. And the next morning I woke up with a headache. I think I have covid. <laughs> I think I have the Rona, bro. <laughs> Cuz he had 19 beers. Uh anyways, that's when someone's like, "Shoot." And so like the next day it was smell and taste gone. I was like, "Okay. This is very unique to covid. I'm going to I'm going to get the test and everything like that. Turns out I, you know, I, I had it, but that was my only symptom. I, I, I got a little bit weak and nauseous after that during that whole time. I don't know if it was because I wasn't eating as much or if it's just sinus stuff. What about the kiddos? And then, so two of my kids didn't have it four days later that we tested again when we started feeling better. They, they ended up positive. Um, they didn't really have symptoms though. They, they got maybe sore throat or whatever, but they didn't get really sick. My wife is, um, about a little more than two weeks from testing positive now, and she's still kind of coughing, but no other symptoms. So I understand the arguments of like, oh, it's not even, you don't die of COVID or whatever. It's like, no, but COVID attacks you. And then you get the other stuff, whatever you might already usually get. Like if you're prone to getting sinus infections, I think that you'll get a sinus infection with COVID. Would you consider your lifestyle during the pandemic relatively safe? Were you guys uh, adhering to everything? For sure, yeah. We're, you know, Wearing masks, quarantining. Obviously, everyone's homeschool, distance learning. You know, no sports kind of stuff for the kids. And, and uh, you still got it. We still got Isn't it. Isn't that crazy? But, yeah, it sucks that uh, it's kind of like that old adage: "Why do bad things happen to good people?" Kind of thing. Like we we are wearing the masks. We're washing our hands. I work with all the sanitizer companies and so like it's so crazy. Somehow we got it. I don't know how or what, but now you know it's gone out of our you know out of our house and stuff like that. So because of the time limit, but. Do you develop a sense of immunity post COVID? Is did I they think inform you of that? Yeah, so we're we won't get it at least for another 
I, allegedly, uh, we won't get it again for six months. Because again, now I know people who have gone it two times. I know one person got it three times. Bro. And sick? Uh, not necessarily sick all three times. Oh. Yeah, I but mean, they've gotten sick a couple times. It was just, honestly, it was more, it was annoying. Yeah. It was annoying. Because like, for me, the smell and taste is my livelihood now. Um, you know, and then also just quarantining extra beyond what we're already doing. Cause also then you can't, you, you can't even like go outside. So, you know, people are very nice and awesome bringing us groceries and, um, getting us pho delivered and stuff like that. So that was, it was really cool in a sense of community. Like, community. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to support you and, um, you know, take care of you so you can stay in bed and stuff like that. So, because, you know, two, two, uh, two of the five of us were out. In you're, bed. you're a busy body. We're busy. So getting shut down for two weeks, <laughs> what did that force you to do? Like, what, well, we what had, were you guys doing? Yeah, we were new projects. We had quarantine bef- a couple times before, just because of regular kind of regular quarantine. But this is actually like, but at the same time, I we didn't really feel like doing everything because we were like sick and weak, and so you did get a little weak, huh? I I personally did. I got I would get more like dizzy or nauseous because it was in my sinuses in my head, and there's not really. There's not really a ton of like medicines you can take for that. Like we were doing like the, all the stuff you do for cold or flu, like, you know, Theraflu, vitamin C, vitamin D, whatever, just regular immunity building stuff just to get better. But nothing's going to like take it away. I don't, at least in our experience. So, yeah. So we were, we're, we are very aware of it and, and it's real. And I've had, we had a close family friend die um, from, you know, he contracted COVID somehow. And then <clears throat> call it what you want. He ended up dying of pneumonia. It turned into that because I think that you get pneumonia laying in the hospital bed for two weeks. It's a byproduct. He got of so having- sick from COVID that he went to the hospital because he couldn't breathe. And then he developed pneumonia. So yeah. So I, I don't shut off people's arguments as far from the stuff saying like, Oh, he, well he died of diabetes or he died of pneumonia. It's like, I know, but it's because he got this thing. So that's, that's how I view it now because I, I know people who are so affected by it. So it's just one of those things we talked about before. It's the experience, the lack of experience. All the people yeah. who say this, this, and this maybe have not experienced they it. Haven't gone through the weeds. Way. If not. Yeah. Or they don't know someone who's passed away from it, which is terrible. And the thing that sucks Beyond that, of course, in regular death in general, but his kids couldn't see him at the hospital. So it's like, put yourself in those shoes. I couldn't, man. No, No. you you don't want to. And it's terrible. And it's terrible to have people, even friends or family that you are close to telling you otherwise, trying to tell you otherwise. Like, just, just don't, don't tell me anything. I was reading an article, um, about an ICU nurse who has been in part of like face, FaceTiming through an iPad, through numerous mm-hmm. final conversations, you know, where it's like the nurse is holding the, the iPad and they yeah. have a FaceTime going on. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, one of the quotes I remember was like, I'm, I'm proud of you. Don't worry about me. Don't take that trip that you promised that you were going to do. Like, you know, and yeah. it's like, those are final goodbyes mm-hmm. and you're holding the iPad that's allowing them to have that conversation for the last time. What, like, a, what a nurse. Like, yeah, what man. A, what a burden on the forever on our, i mean i feel like on our hospital workers you're, you're forever scarred like going through a through a situation like that yeah, you know yeah for sure like so i i totally get it and i totally sympathize and empathize with anyone who has had it anyone who's been affected by it or lost loved ones or even distant relatives to it or anything like that because yeah i mean it affects it affects the elderly or people with lung you know respiratory problems because it's respiratory disease my even i mean 
to even quote my wife's conversation with the doctor, she's like, I didn't want it to turn into something respiratory because I have respiratory problems. They're like, wait, wait, it's a respiratory disease. So you're going to have problems. Like they just stopped her right there. So they said, you know, so they're really, they're, they took care of her faster. The problems don't necessarily get you at the front of this. It could be right. long lasting effects. It could yeah. be something that pops up what, like 10 years from now. We really don't know. Sure. And, and even like a year and a half ago, people probably, probably were getting COVID and we didn't know what it was per se. I, I had friends who were really sick, like, you know, January, 2020 out for a month in bed. Like, Oh, what's and happening? nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody knew what it was. It's a really bad flu, but it was probably this. And it turned into, yeah, it's, it's just, it transforms. So. Yeah, because the, com- the, the common conversations are, oh, I think I had it in December. Or I think I had it in January, which and could we, very yeah, well we be the case. That's you know? why there's so many cases and spreading. The numbers are this or that or whatever. We can't figure out what that really means because it was getting everybody sick and we didn't know We had was. no idea. Yeah, so pe- I just don't understand the arguing and stuff like that. It's like, say what you want. People are sick. People are dying move on like let's let's figure it out and be nice to each other like that's still that's been my whole thing i think i said that like (laughs) you know two two times ago or something like that people are still arguing about it yeah people want a reason to argue for everything bro yeah yeah this is just that'll never change there's another big one yeah it's another talking point another talking point that i wanted to go over with you is like during the the your quarantine and the pandemic have you messed around with music much have you been doing a lot of uh soul searching and reconnecting with yes with music and maybe former musicians Yep, definitely. It's given me a lot of time, a lot of more time to do so. You know, um, during the first five or six days of this, when I was sick, I tried to do stuff and I honestly just lost all energy, lost all focus. Like, I was like, I'm going to go lay down, dude. This is crazy. Like, I was even sitting up or even looking at my phone or any, listening to music. I just couldn't. It was all a drain. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Just kidding. I know. Um, but I, I just couldn't, but anyways, when I, so when I'm not sick, but we're quarantining and I have more time, I'm like, man, we, I got to create, I'm a creator. I was born to create. I was, I was, uh, I love doing this. I started doing this in high school and that sticks with you, you know? Um, so making music with, with moving from Dogwood to St. Didicus and making music like that. Um, and that's more collaborative with other musicians from even even musicians outside of San Diego's because now we know we can send files back and forth. Um, the not, game has changed when it comes to music, man. At least in my case. Yeah. And plus, honestly, when was the last time you went to a live show? Let's be honest. Uh, it's been- so, <laughs> to all the haters out there, it's like, I don't have a drum set, but I can make drums happen, in, uh, I don't know, at least for demo purposes. You know, but also we can't go into a venue and record you know play so like i I gotta figure out a way to it might be a great time for musicians to make music actually because i got back into it right on yeah like the 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 uh singer and founder of the band that i was in once upon a time we we cracked heads together we're like you know what fuck it man recently yeah like within the last month and we're popping our music back on spotify yeah it's the same shit okay yeah well (laughs) i'll I'll leak a little of what what we're gonna do is um (laughs) like we're redoing all the weezer like our favorite weezer songs and we're going to, all of our, whatever, a little of this, a little of that. And we're just going to call it the Brown album. And on that album, we're just going to like have like, it. like our version of, of like a song, whether it's like a cumbia or like a corrido style or a punk rock version oh, of Weezer. it. You know? Yeah. But it's Weezer song. So that's like the first little project that we've been tinkering Does and working on. that mean there's going to be on. a Weezer beer with you? No, hell no, bro. I mean, at least an homage. An homage to the Weezer beer. Um, but Pinker yeah, song. I mean, I, like I'm doing that. Why Weezer? We grew up liking Weezer. Yeah, yeah. Bro. yeah no, I, mean, I love Weezer. I'm I mean, on our first on our first uh, album that we put out, we covered uh, Sating, so, you know, and, <laughs> nice. and it was awesome. People liked it, so we were yeah. like, oh, okay, you know what? And then on the next album, we covered another one. We covered, like, 
uh, the Venga Boys, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so it was like, you know what? We really excel at covering songs and just yeah. kind of like covering adding your, our flavor. Right now too. Yeah, like just add your Especially flavor, my, your own yeah. little spin to uh-huh. it. So it's like, you know what? Let's just do a whole like, I don't know, like a six song, you know, quick little EP of, of shit that we like. Call it the Brown Album. Uh, release it under our thing. Um, we What's turned your thing? E- uh, emo brown uh, records. There like we go. created is this a whole the drop new- right here? yeah. Is like this it's the drop? <laughs> like this is all fucking fresh. Like I just ordered everything for the studio at, at the brewery because where we do the podcast, I have a friend that's gonna, that's redoing what? everything. So I reordered everything. So it's I gonna gotta be get a- in there. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like uh, this is where all this is leading to, Josh. Coming soon. All of this is leading to you coming down <laughs> and like laying down some vocals on on a song on original or on the cover. You know, and Let's I think that, it. and I think that would be awesome. I, I started, covers. and I started reaching out to other homies that okay. were in bands. Yeah, you know? it's fun. Like, it's fun. You get to reconnect. And I met uh, one of the guys that was in a band called Fob, fresh off the boat. Mm-hmm. I think they were Northern California. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I remember your band. I remember you used to tour with Fon and whatever." And we're like, "Yeah." So I was like, That's "When cool. you're back in, t- well, he's in town now. He lives here. Okay. It's like we're gonna get you on here, bro. And like, you know, just do fun stuff. You lit that fire because you yeah. were the one telling me about how you're." You're you're reconnected with with Montoya mm-hmm. from from Logos, mm-hmm. and that's been your homie that your your guitarist that filled in, and he does all the drum beats and everything. Yeah, like I cheated. I just I bought a uh what was it? It was ninety skate punk drum loops, you know. And I was like, oh, ah, this, close enough. This is what we're about. You sounds know? good, uh, <laughs> especially if you get a good mix engineer and a producer on it mastering. Those drums can sound like you had a really good drummer. Identical. There. It's and crazy. That's, that's why they make those. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can take them straight from there, but you can also make. I mean. Let's be honest, most rock bands, if you talk to any studio engineers or anything, it's, it's a lot of triggers and samples already. So no matter what's drumming, it can still sound like, you know, Dave Lombardo's drums or whatever you want it to sound like if you have those tools to do so. So that kit in particular is really, is really. For us, it's going to be clutch. And now we have a, an actual drum Are you using that, that on those songs with John? What, whatever we do with, um, that's more punk oriented. For sure, but okay. stuff that we're doing like kind of like cumbia, like down tempo shit. Nah, I, I we have a uh, actual drum set in the studio, and nice. I'll probably get on there You'll and do, do that. It, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's just fun, man. You yeah. know, like that's why I was like, oh, I wonder what Kemble's doing. Like I know that fucker. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm I have been doing a lot of music collaborations, so it's not just my stuff. Um, I help other people produce or give put samples on their songs or whatever. Make my son makes beats and I, I produce awesome. them. like, so we, I want to do some spoken word stuff with beats behind it and stuff like that. So I want to, I want to keep creating. I don't want to just wait because honestly with St. Didicus, it's not, we're not a band. So we're not always in the studio writing. We're not, you know, always. Do you mean you're not a band, man? No, I mean, we're not like, we don't have a practice space and a studio and time to do all this stuff together. And you know, there's no like set drummer. There's no set this or that. It's mainly these last few songs have been Danny and I, doing stuff and with with other musicians of course so um but it's all basically just us doing it so far so i i reach out to musician friends from around the country to either collaborate or send me music to sing on yeah or whatever the case that's what be. i want to do or, or I can help, I, they can send me a song and say that they you know what do you think about this and i'm like i'll put it i'll put some vocal harmonies over some tr- parts to this and they're like okay yeah we'll put them we'll do stuff like that um but i really want to also just you know contribute to people getting back into it and and you know everything's cyclical bro i think so everything's cyclical like i think the stuff that we grew up playing and listening to in the late 90s early 2000s it's coming full circle right now you know definitely um a lot of the especially the bands that never stopped playing for one thing like the bigger bands but like people doing reunion tours lag wagon Wagon, no effects pennywise um, all those guys are doing like 
10, 20 year anniversaries of a, of a record. Because mm-hmm. those are the records that, that, you know, people grew up with. So if I was in high, between high school and college and I started listening to, you know, Pennywise or whatever, for example, that's going to stay with me, of course. Forever. For, yeah. So There's certain songs that I'll still listen to and take me back to sure. like leaving or it'll pop high up school randomly or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I haven't Triggers the memory. Oh, I want to go play Tony Hawk Pro Skater now or whatever. The <laughs> power of music is weird, man. It's just next level, you know? First Dogwood song you wrote? Wrote? Uh, I I think it was Grease, the first song mm, on the first nice. record. Yeah. I wrote it when I was a telemarketer. Good old days. On good old days. Rescue Records, Chula Vista. Rescue Records, Rec- Rec- Chula yeah. Vista, man. So I, 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 I wrote it on a piece of yellow, like a nasty yellow notepad I stole from Palomar College and um, the art department over there. And I had all these papers. I was like, I'm just going to write all my poems on this pad. So I was in telemarketing. I did a terrible job at it. But during when I was on the clock, I was writing all this there stuff. There you go. <laughs> because I think I'd take, I would take people's conversations that I was having with like some, you know, some random lady in Midwest Boston, Boston yeah. <laughs> trying to sell this like, you know, I think it was like, you know, those like adjustable chairs or whatever. I didn't sell one in a year. Out of you. But I had a lot of phone calls, a lot of great conversations. <laughs> so I was, I was really into the conversation, but I would write down some things that people were saying and everyone has a different story to tell. And, and I got to know a lot of random people that I never saw, but I talked to them on the phone once or twice. Um, long story short, I, I was a terrible telemarketer. I was a terrible salesperson. <laughs> but, but you built your songwriting skills I wrote from conversation. Of, I wrote most of that record in that job. <laughs> That first Not that album. they were good. They the, were, but the good old days album was good. It's I very influential, man. I was, was 17. Well, the 17-year-old Josh so Campbell. sounded like I was 17. Yeah, but it still lingers. Yeah, yeah. One of my good friends, uh, Glasses, Chris Glasses, like, hey, whenever you have Josh Campbell in there, I want him to sign this. He's a super fan, you know? Because oh, we, yeah, bo- yeah. we both, like, we didn't know each other back then, but we both really enjoyed good old days. I remember listening to good old days being driven around by my parents and that was, these were in the days of having the CD man, that big ass thing yeah. that you just carried with you. And I would put yeah. that CD with me everywhere I went, bro. And I was like, oh, nice. it was you guys and MXPX and like Unwritten Law were sure. like the, the three that I would always keep in cycle. So yeah, I mean, when well, I we listen- to play with those, all those guys at Soma and- Yeah, those were all the side stagers, bro. And then eventually- Blues was here. Yeah, those were the days. Mm-hmm. Um, the good old days. So it's Whoa. just awkward to, to to have it full circle with you where, you know, I, I obviously started as a fan. I would go to all the concerts. Mm-hmm. And then um, you came into, you parlayed your music career, which I don't want to shortchange your music career because you went on to from, from Rescue Records to Victory Records, from touring, headline tour, national tours, international tours, record sales, everything. Like you did it all, man. You know, like that, that's, a, yeah, I guess so. Huh? That's very oh, impressive. We, weren't, we were not on victory though. We, we didn't go to victory. What did you do with victory? I, uh, we tooth and nail. Tooth and nail. Yeah. Okay, victory yes. was, I mean, our friends, ah. no innocent victim went to victory. And I Yeah. Yeah. So we, we were close with those guys, but we never, at the time we, you know, we, we were not hardcore at all. Like we, I was more into hardcore punk, but we were not a hardcore enough band to, to be on that label, at least in my opinion. I don't know, but, man. They, no, no, we, we can be, and I like that, but at the, we didn't have the ethos of a, a hardcore band from the Midwest. Well, I don't know. By faith in you, will <laughs> never die. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's hardcore in, in lyrical content. Of For course. sure. And, and we had a lot to say. I have a lot to say. I still have a lot to say, so I'm still doing music. So that's a good, that's a, um, I think that's something that will never die. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, one of the things I always loved about, like, uh, you know, Dogwood is, more than Conquerors, the album was one of those albums where I listened to it, and I'm always driven. 
by by the beat, you know, by the drummer. Oh, yeah. And Russell got down, he man. He, he was the one I would always like. Oh man, I'm gonna. I want to be a drummer like Russell. You know, you're a teenage kid. And I hear that a lot somebody. from people still. Well, hell yeah, because that guy got down, bro. He's insane. Yeah, but equally, <clears throat> the the lyrics. I think I've told you this before when we were drunk. Sometimes, like, bro, like I I legitimately <laughs> listen to your lyrics. You know. Everything, like, I feel like you're a great storyteller. You know how to web a tale with your words, and it just dances in and out of the beat and the rhythm. Appreciate like, that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, like, this is something you can do with music. It's not just mm-hmm. like, because I'm a gutter mouth fan, you know, from back in the day. And, I am. You know, yeah. and, and, and the, the, the music is very pumping. And, blah, 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 blah. and then you hear Mark Atkins on top of it just, like, flowing, and it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, that, that's punk music. We stole a song from gutter mouth, I'll admit it. Go ahead. On Good Old Days. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's keep in touch. I heard a Guttermouth song. I think it was called, I think it's called Derek. Oh yeah. About their bass player. It's on a, I don't know what it, yeah. it's about, but I, um, <clears throat> I have it on a snowboarding video. It's all, on that album called formerly known as the EP. <laughs> all my inspiration was from snowboarding videos back in the day, uh, on VHS. So I'd put in, I put that in it and I, and I started watching those in snowboarding before I did the band and I was like, Whoa, this music this music rips. Yeah. I need to do this music. I want to get on a snowboarding video. Basically, I started the band to get on snowboarding videos. And Mission because accomplished. I was, because I was super big into, you know, skating and snowboarding. I wanted to get on the videos. I and it was to- always the same guys, the same group of bands that were always it involved. Because was there like, wasn't as many bands. It was like you guys, Unwritten Law, Pivot, Pennywise. All you guys did the same skate videos, the same surf videos, the same snowboarding yeah. videos. Like, I feel like it was all like. Sure. Well, they were inspiring. Those bands were inspiring uh, locally because Taylor Steele doing the surf Hit, that's movies, the name thank you doing all the momentum and you know all the focus those tours it would come to Soma show the videos all the bands playing that night were on the video I was like this is insane that was crazy when you think about that now the way they package it all together you know, the, the, together Genius. you know it's like the the, the the video component, the, the actual live band, and you're streaming it on stage mm-hmm. and you have you know like the extreme sports the mm-hmm. skating the BMXing mm-hmm. the snowboarding that's some shit that you you kind of package you sell now and it would work. Yeah. You know, and these you know, guys that, were doing it in the late 90s. That evolved into, of course, like stuff like very Mountain Dew, X Games. X Games and like all that, of that, yeah. That, the whole circuit, Nitro of the, Circus. Of the action sports. of Nitro still, there's, I mean, I don't know if they still can do big events now, but they're still, Travis Pastrana is definitely still doing stuff. And it, that all came, I, I feel like it all came from those. No doubt. Small videos. No and, doubt. Um, Taylor Steele doing stuff. and That was the grassroots era. Mac Dog and Taylor Steele, they're still doing the videos and stuff, but like those were very very influential in my life is at a time in my life when I was starting the band was my parents had just got divorced and um, you know, I'm raising my siblings and you know, and I'm, so I'm writing all this stuff down. It was great fodder for a lot of lyrics. Uh, honestly, unfortunately there's, there's some, you know, uh, there's some gut wrenching. We got some deep ones in there. Like about family values is one that always comes to my mind when you sing about that one. That's, yeah. What is that about a child molestation? <laughs> yeah. In the family. In the family. Yeah. Oh that, man. That was uh, our guitar player with that, Jace, um, by his his family, and I was, he sh- I, he showed it to me, and I was like, "Whoa, dude!" Yeah. What? He's like, "No, it's it's not me. It's my you know someone in my family." I was like, "Okay." Um, That's crazy because at that point, being seventeen, sixteen myself, <laughs> listening to that, I'm like, "Holy shit!" And I don't know that, you know, Christian band or not. I don't remember a lot of. The bigger, like, even as far as just San Diego bands or whatever, singing about deep stuff or personal stuff. Maybe they were in their own part, party ways. But I remember the records were awesome. Like, say, for example, no no issues with these guys, but Unwritten Law's first record, I think Blue Room or something. Very, very you, good. You know it's called very Blue good, Room. Very, very good record. You know, they're talking about partying, mm-hmm. CPK. CPK, and, Suzanne. You know, see, all this kind of stuff. It's really, really good 
Damn, we're songs. losing people in the fucking weeds with this uh, local Deep. 1990s Sorry, yeah. San Diego okay, punk rock. We'll but you know what? No. I fucking love it, bro. No, we're going to bring it back because it. Well, no, World War Three Blurred Part 2. They're still doing stuff. But I'm, what I was saying was like the the like you were saying the lyrical content the music, uh, I don't know if that's maybe that was too much for some people too because on that side of it that stuff was a little bit more hardcore and gut wrenching like you said um, a little more emo a little more um, uh, I guess yeah hardcore and emo uh, lyric lyrically instead of like the party vibe or whatever or, which no offense that's all like I said great records and stuff like that. I wish I went at the time. I should have wrote more songs about just going skating and stuff. No, but like that. in all honesty, I can go back. I, if you give me an opportunity mm. or an option, I'm going back to listen to your shit. Like that's what I like. You know, people say, "Oh, what, what's Dogwood all about? What what should I listen to? What three songs should I should I listen to?" And every time, it's I tell them, "Okay, building a better me, preschool days, and off of a uh, uh, never die." Those are the three jams that I always recommend people. Like, oh, you don't know what Dogwood's about? Dude, these guys were fucking huge. Here, listen to these songs. And yeah. Those are a good choice. Nine tenths out of ten, they'll be like, oh my God, man, that fucking ripped. You know? And, and it does, because your voice is this, it, it pierces through the music. And it's hard to deal with the music that you guys are playing. You know, you, it, it's really hard to stand out and, and come out and be like on an island when you're singing. <laughs> but nah, man, you, you killed it. Thank you. Enough blowing you. Awesome. <laughs> we parlay, you parlayed this musical career. I do want to, yeah, I do parlay that on while we were on tour i would do a lot of cooking oh. in, in in you know like a yard like so you know the dad has a barbecue or whatever like we don't have money to go out and you know on the early tours we don't have money to go out and um you know go to a fancy restaurant or whatever but the dad buys the some touring food. life is not a five star it takes a while to get to where you need to get to in the music career you can't just go out on your first tour and be you know ballers so if dogwood so, came out now how would they do I don't know because all, all of our fans are like you know in their forties or whatever. Like, but in the in the era where you can hide behind sound, social media, yeah, I think the sound would fit in some to some degree in in certain scenes. Um, we're not super radio friendly. Um, What's radio? I know, but but you know, people like Tim Piles will play our music. Mm -hmm. But that's shout out to Tim. He's like he's been given permission or whatever to play whatever he music he wants, yeah. but everything else on the radio, they don't have permission to just play whatever they want. Yeah. Very true. I don't know how it all works. We should talk to Chris about that, but Cantori knows. Yo. Um, I mean, you, uh -huh. you, but like I said, we're not super like, we're not for everybody. Let's put it that way. I know that there's people out there. Like I've seen the messages, for, message boards or forums or whatever. You see either love us or you hate us. And I'm okay with that. I'm not like, I'm not butt hurt by people who don't like us because, sir, we are in our 40s now. If it's one thing I know for a fact, like, in being in our matter, 40s, it's like we're not built for everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you can't take Josh Kemble, Eric Casas. You're in your 40s, right, brother? Yeah, yeah he's in his 40s. You can't take any okay. one of us and just put us in a box and be admired and loved by oh, anybody. Yeah. But when we were 17, 18, that was the goal. That was the everyone pinnacle. at Soma mm -hmm. looked the same. Whatever. Like, Backpack. Sure. Skaters, shorts, Whatever, yeah. socks all the way up. Dickies. You know what? We were doing Fools Gone Wild shit before Fools Gone Wild. <laughs> we were doing higher the sock down of the fool. Our striped <laughs> socks were all the way up to our dicky shorts and yeah. we had those like nice little punk rock studded belts. No matter belts. what race you were. Dude. Yeah. We were all, and that's another thing we always talk about here in like South Bay but even Southern California we all looked the same, bro. It doesn't matter if you were a white dude, a Mexican dude, a black dude, an Asian dude. You would go to these concerts. You would go watch 
I don't know. I'm going to throw out Homegrown because those motherfuckers had the most eclectic, most diverse crowd of any shows that I've ever been to. And the band. And the band itself was, you know, super diverse. Those were my 16 to 22 year old like phase. Like we would just yeah. get in there and, and everybody was the same, you know, and, and to an extent, I feel like it, it, that generation grew up and became what it is now. Sure. So when we see like, you know, like kind of broadening the horizons, what we're going to talk about later, it's like social injustices or things going down that we don't appreciate or we don't like look, we would, we look down on. It's like that generation grew up in a field of diversity where everybody yeah. was the same. So obviously we grew up into what we are now when we look at it, we're like, no, bro, that shit doesn't fly. Yeah. I think, well now, you know, like I, like I parlayed it into a chef career, you parlayed it, you know, you're doing three punk ales in the, the brewery and like, do you see the people in the brewery? This charming stout. Do you <laughs> see people at the brewery? Did the people at the brewery all look the same now? Like, is it diverse? I mean, I mean, that, yours is one story. That is an unfair question. Cause Chula Vista is super diverse. You but know, the, we get, I know, but the beer scene, the beer scene, uh, the beer scene that I broke into with my partners was very uh, one-dimensional. It at was the, very... The, I know. At the time you started, yeah. it was like... It was very white guy, very big white guy with a big beard. And this was the box. Kevin. Yeah, this was the <laughs> box that you needed to fit in oh, yeah. if you were going to be a successful, marketable beer, brewery, yeah, business. You couldn't be further from the truth now because ultimately now what the beer business is is... You, in order to even have a token to play in this game, in order to sit at the table, the big boy table, you have to have quality beer. Yeah. Like that, that, that's second Especially to none. Now, you're in you're San Diego. Yeah, like you're in San Diego. Yeah. You, we just went through a pandemic where a lot of small breweries died, didn't make it. In order to play at the game, you have to have quality beer. From there, my friend, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Marketing is everything. You know, um, and. Eric could attest to this as he has worked with other breweries in the past and other businesses with similar models. Mm -hmm. Mark marketing takes over the beer. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Oh, we're creating this killer German style lager using the Vienna uh, yeast strain. And once upon a time, that was everything. Now it's like, Oh, but what are you naming it? Are you creating <laughs> this? Like, are you yeah. making like uh, graphics for it? How are you going to release it at the brewery? Are you going to collaborate with a company that's going to work with you? Mm -hmm. Do you have visual components that you can put on your social media? It's not so always people, about the beer. It's not always about the beer. And that was the same in the music scene. It's, it wasn't always how good of a quality the band was or the music. Could, are they marketable? Mm -hmm. Are they radio friendly? Blink-182. Do they have an image? Ooh, look at that high. <laughs> Damn, bro. That was the eye roll of the century. <laughs> Why do you hate Tom DeLonge so much? Whoa. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I, I, uh, the, Is it because of his aliens you know belief or what, bro? Nah. We never played with him. We never did one show with him. Uh, we I always, don't doubt it with that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were always on separate bills or separate, you know, we were not, we didn't, we were on like our tours went different directions mm -hmm. or anything like that. So it was just ra so random. We never. We never got to, to, to cross. We crossed paths, but we never played on the same. Yeah. Level. I didn't know That's it was going to be right? breaking band beef on the fucking podcast Ooh. today. Look well, at that, you. Uh, it feels good to say it. Now we can move on. <laughs> I hate Blink One Eighty Two. No, just kidding. they, they, they're they're awesome, but um, uh, crazy. They have some crazy stories too, but I don't want to get into that. But Why not? Is that for the Patreon? <laughs> maybe yeah. Bonus. No, because now they you know Tom's out. Skiba's in from Alkaline Trio. Like like. So it's such a well, weird, random circle of life for everybody. You know? Seems to work. Yeah. You know what holds it together, though? Travis holds it together. He's he's. I feel he's, like he's, you, he's can, you can you can put him in a freaking uh, a Norteño group, bro, and that band would succeed just because he's holding it down I mean, in the back. He can reason, be in any band and he'll hold it down. So bro. he's now the marketable. Yep. 
He's the face. He, he's, you know, he made Machine Gun Kelly pop, more popular. Go ahead. He's, he's on all these collaborations, Fever 333, and, you know, he's getting shout outs from, like, you know, Public Enemy and Everybody. Aoki. He has transcended the uh, genre group. And he's like an octopus where he's expanded all of those little arms yeah. and tentacles into different boxes and segmented areas. Like, oh, you can't do that. He has a name. He's got the name and the, the he's the brand. Mm -hmm. And you don't have you don't have to say featuring Travis Barker from Blink. Yeah. 182. It's featuring Travis Barker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that's cool. That's good. Good for him. And he's amazing. So and actually, I take it back about the Blink. We played with. Travis when he was in Aquabats played with them but you know that was before Blink but whatever Aquabats. and he was amazing then too and he was just the, a little little dweeb back then you know now he's dating a Kardashian and is know, he really yeah. <laughs> oh man that's the latest good for him I, I can't see I don't know the difference between all of the Kardashian you know faces and names but it's that's what's happening now and Whatever, who cares? Like he's, he's obviously you do. You he, brought it up. No, Damn, a little bit I'm of. Saying, I was saying haterade, bro. What's no, going on? No, he's a superstar. He's amazing. Did he date your favorite Kardashian? What, what, what's going? I was jealous because I wanted to date Travis Barker. Oh, and you still hate the Kardashians. <laughs> I wanted to be a Kardashian. I remember going to an Aquabats concert at a uh, Warp Tour, 1997, and it was at uh, Mission Beach. What was that? Fiesta Island. So it was at Fiesta Island, and they were all dressed up in their garb and everything, and he was, <laughs> you know pounding the drums and at the end of the concert they all jumped into the water i, I bet was like, yeah i bet they did that was a great show in their superhero outfits. It, it was millen collins first show in san diego and they're from sweden and that just shows you the diversity of punk rock music because your guys is like you know your lyrics are in depth it's layered it's three-dimensional it's 40 it's chess <laughs> and then you got millen collins rapping about playing nintendo you know or but i mean they're english you have a millen collins beer yeah i do have a millen collins beer hops on a plate like and, and that's you know, like when you say but they make amazing records, amazing records until this day and his solo projects or his, you know, the, all everything they do is they have graphic design on point. You know, they're all really good skaters and snowboarders. He's Musicians. a home brewer turned He's into a professional brewer. brewer. Exactly. He owns so, his own brewery. I can't wait till you guys collaborate on that. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. it works going to Sweden. In fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy, man. But yeah. So I, image is everything. So that's kind of why I wanted to talk about my, you know, what we can get to whatever, but like what I'm doing is I want to get those people in conversation because why, why do those things intersect so much? Why does me, the music careers intersect with the, with, you know, food and beverage careers so much, you know, like why is there so much of that in our careers? Um, because I think why are there so many retired punk rockers who own yeah. breweries, who own restaurants, who work in this industry? Yeah. They all weird. There's a lot of us. Well, for a minute there, there was a chef trope, you know, like a, a an image of, like it became a parody on like reality shows, or I mean on skits, skit reality shows, I'm sorry, skits about reality shows. Like if you wanted to be the top chef or if you wanted to have the, the coolest restaurant in town, you know, they're like, Where, bro, where's your tattoos? You don't have any tattoos of a chef knife or a, <laughs> where's your like neck tattoo of like a pig or like, you know, like a tomahawk steak over your all, left eyebrow. Exactly. What's cracking? Where is where's it? Where's your red bean? <laughs> they had all these tropes. And um, for a minute there, it was like the punk chef was the look for, you know, so many people. Nothing wrong with, I have a lot of, I have a lot of those chef friends. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you're describing that, and I know about four chefs that oh, yeah. come to my mind when you and say they, that. And they look awesome. Yeah. And, and they cook amazing. I, I don't have any tattoos. People are like, you're, you don't have tattoos? I don't have any. Oh, wow. They're like, you're a punk rocker? I was like, yeah. It's pretty punk rock to not have tattoos, right? Ice-T doesn't have tattoos. Because he's like, that's the most gangster of all. I don't have any tattoos, you know? like, And I'm not saying I want to be like Ice-T, but I'm saying like, you don't have to have What that. is punk rock to you? Punk rock is an ethos. Go ahead. It's, yeah, I think that punk rock is not just music. Because, mm. you know, people say, oh, that's punk rock. Yeah. Like, oh, that car is, you know, whatever. Mm. I don't know. Um, I was looking at your neighbor's driveway. I was like, that's that's pretty punk rock. Um, 
as but as far as like I think that it's going against the grain. Yeah, always bad religion. I think it's uh, I think it's you know doing your own thing. Yep. I think it's doing uh, sometimes doing what you know is right when it seems wrong or vice versa. Yeah. Sometimes it's breaking the rules to 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 better yourself or your family. You know, not necessarily like breaking the law because I'm a bad law by any citizen. Breaking the law like that. It's like. I need to survive and I'm going to do this. So it's so doing what you want. My grandpa and I used to dumpster dive for free donuts and bread and stuff like that. And I thought that was, I didn't say it at the time when I was six, but I was, you know, that's pretty punk rock, not just freeganism, just, you know, getting free dumpster food, but like he didn't want to pay for the food. It's a day old or throwing it away. Let's get it. Let's get in. And then he would freeze it and then we'd have bread for six months. Well, fucking white people have been freezing their bread since that's, that's grandpa. The Luis, beginning of time. Luis Sandoval. How do you, and we were diving in the dumpsters at Stater brothers for free food because we're saving he's saving money and I'm and now that I look back I was like that's DIY that's punk so I, I inherited some of that that DIY um, spirit from that I inherited it from my other my grandmother his wife Estela Sandoval like all my cooking stuff is from mostly from her you know scratch recipes salsa in the kitchen every day like work with like what that. you have yeah handmade everything like you can buy some stuff you can if it's going to be better than what you can make, if you, if you can make it and you have time and the means and the talent or whatever, or maybe not the talent, but you can make it and make it. And so I made music. I didn't, some of them were stinkers. I'm not, I didn't say every single record or, or song was amazing, but we did it. And, um, nowadays like haters on Facebook groups or whatever, Twitter, you know, um, 25 years later, do you still get haters? I don't know about it's not the same it's not the same as Critics. it was on like myspace or like message boards or myspace whatever, damn. yeah it's not the same as that kind of stuff like remember san diego punk.com yeah, yeah yeah there's still one around yeah yeah i, I talked to the guy the who runs same it. guys or whatever but like at one point there was just it was a ton of it was and it was almost like fun to hate on things or whatever i don't know i don't know what the deal was but i try not to do that because i'm a creator and i don't want to be in that position that i'm getting made fun of or whatever because because i'm emo you know, <laughs> but on. at the same time, I'm like, it, look, I, I'll, sometimes I'll comment like, I'm mature. I know we're not for everybody. You can, you either like it or you don't move on. You don't have to like tell people you don't like it or it wasn't for me. Like, I just, yes, they do. They, Josh, they need to, they say need to yell. They need oh, to this, talk about it. This beer is bullshit. It's not yeah. like, you know, just the hot profile on this double IPA is yeah. whack. Oh good. San Diego needs another IPA. Yeah. Right. Stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. dude, just don't just try what you Anyways, drink you, what you want. So it do sounds what like you, you know want. what I'm saying. It sounds like, but to all the listeners out there, no one cares if you don't like it. Just don't say, I mean, basically it goes back to your mom. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Just say bye-bye mama. Yeah. Your mom, your, our mom, everyone's mom. <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, I think it was Thumper's mom on Bambi actually that said that. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> or at least that's the first movie I heard it in. Um, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Basically that works for everything. Like you don't like, like when these people write on Instagram, unfollowing yeah. Like, okay. Or on social cares? media. I'm going to leave this social media platform because dot, dot, dot. Bro, just leave. Nobody yeah. fucking cares. My, just get out of here, favorite, you know? Yeah, my favorite comeback comment. I don't say it, but I've seen it. It's like, this ain't an airport. You don't have to announce your departures. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just unfollow. Just go. Whatever. Like, Man, but there's people our age that do that shit, too. And I'm like, I I, I'm like, what? Come on, guy. Come on, Eric. Like, let it. Like, fucking <laughs> Eric. I'm not drinking for three months. Motherfucker, just don't drink. Don't tell me nothing. <laughs> Sometimes those are, those are different. Like, yeah, I love, this is a, this is a small tangent, but like, there's those like memes of, 
it's like when, when it's voting season and you get the sticker that says ya vote or i voted there's a meme that's like eight urinals or whatever there's one guy on the corner urinal one guy comes up next to him and, and it says i voted yeah <laughs> or, or i'm vegan i love yeah. that that one like, you have to tell him i cross train mm-hmm. <laughs> i i do jujitsu <laughs> i do yeah cross come to my crossfit or whatever so oh man you're like okay that's cool did I ask? Yeah. Whatever. I didn't say, tell me about yourself. We're not. I have a podcast. <laughs> you're at the urinal, like, psst, you know, stuff like that. Anyways, whatever. Like, haters going to hate. <laughs> yeah. Haters going to hate. So where um, are you currently with your music? Yeah. I'm sorry, your, your uh, food career. Where can I find you? Yep. What is it? Yep. So you can find me right now. You can find me in like Treehouse. But, but uh usually i'm at harvest kitchen mm. boutique catering company up in vista we got a food truck where so far bro oh he moved we were in barrio logan at huh? a, we were at a kitchen down there but we it was so it was growing so much that we had to get his own kitchen and stuff like that so, so space for the truck space for the kitchen more chefs with there's a venue in front like because it used to be a restaurant so there's a tasting room so we got a rad space it's just <laughs> unfortunate that we can't use it all right now but look at this look at this guy you see that's punk rock yeah he's like that guy <laughs> For those who can't see, he's our, one of the guys here in the neighborhood who rolls around in the, on his little uh, little cart, bro. Every day he smokes a joint, just rolling through. Like we we catch his eye, like he'll look at us. He'll, <laughs> he's going. <laughs> look at him. There he is, puffing away, bro. Two miles an hour, so everybody sees. Damn! Him. Look at you, man, Paul Wall. I just did like four raps. Slow motion so right far. Man. So, executive chef at the at the company. I try to do food and music pairings. And we're in, we're in the heart of uh, uh, the Vista brewing scene. So everyone's right around us. Belching Beaver, Booze Brothers, Burgeon. Burgeon. Caesar the beer guy. What's up, Caesar? He'll be um, here later. Yeah, so he's been by um, a lot of a couple of those breweries are rest in peace right now um, on, on Forch. But, you know, sometimes I think, sometimes that's a door open for other things to happen in your life. Because I was speaking with some people from companies rest in peace. And they're like, dude, now I have time to like do this other project or just, work for this other company that was, you know, whatever stuff like that. So like some bright sides to the shutdowns and pandemic and stuff like that, aside from sickness and all the other, you know, unhealth and stuff like that. But as far as business goes, so haven't been doing as, as large of events, very small events now, last minute weddings and people's backyards or whatever. So we're staying really busy and doing like corporate lunches for companies that are still in business. There's ways to stay afloat. There's ways, and we we pivoted a couple times for sure. That there was some major pivots. The P word, the P word, P- pivot, not pivot. <laughs> um, <laughs> we did it, and uh, so we're still going. And I I I have my teaching credentials, so I can teach culinary stuff around the wherever around the. It's actually a California credential. You're a hustler, man. I mean, I've always wanted to teach. It's one of my natural giftings, teaching and hospitality. Um, Aside from aside from doing any music stuff, I could I could teach. So I want to see people, I want to see people grow in whatever they're good at. So if someone's good at X and I'm and I know anything about it and I can help, sure. I don't just give advice when it's not wanted because we don't need another like male voice speaking. Oh, you know what you should do. You know stuff like that is like I do jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do CrossFit. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, you know how to run your. You know, I I made the mistake one time unknowingly. Uh, a uh, 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 I have a friend who's a, a business owner, entrepreneur in San Diego, and she um, she has a restaurant. And I said something about, oh, would it be cool if you did this or if you like did something like to streamline your 
you know, ordering process or many. She's like, are you telling me how to run my business? Mm. I was like, oh, no, I am not. I'll I, tell you one thing, bro. I was like, no, no, I'm not. Please uh, delete that from the record. Business owner is absolutely fucking hate that. Yeah. You know, me, I don't care. I didn't like, say, hey, but, you know what you should do? Yeah. I said, I said, would it be cool? Can you do this? Or like, you brought it to the table bro. because, because she was telling me maybe in, in honesty and, and in, uh, in confidence about something, a woe, a business woe that she was having. And I accidentally without, I mean, I wasn't trying to do anything wrong, I guess, but like, that's the dumb male trying to figure it out and fix it. For I've got the answer. Hey, check this out. I come with me. And it's, you know, sometimes people can take that if they want and, and use it. But like, she wasn't asking me to help. She was just trying to say something anyways. So men, men, I guess. Okay. I'm speaking for, I don't have to say all men. I, I don't lump everyone together. Maybe I try to fix things too much for people. But like I said, it's one of my natural giftings and career. I'm, I'm a teacher and a chef. And I, I, and I'm, so in that I'm managing and supervising and making decisions. And, and unfortunately, I, maybe that spills over into other conversations. And maybe fortunately for some people it does and they take it. So I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to change things all crazy sometimes. Sometimes I'm really trying to change things through, through my music and poetry or whatever. But if I'm just saying, oh, would it be cool if blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, it actually would. I'll do that. <laughs> but if they're like, are you trying to, I'm like, oh man. It was obviously a bad suggestion, man. bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was I, obviously I, off base. And some people are not open to any suggestions. You know? Does your company have a food truck? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we're not, it's not on the food truck circuit anymore. We're not, but at the same time during slower times or when breweries were changing all their rules and, you know, you know, you're probably very food truck forward. La reglas were like in, in fluctuation. We were going to the brewery, you know, we did Burgeon a lot because we we're like, I tried to stay on that corridor of the, you know, from Burgeon to Escanito Brewing, which is now Burgeon also. So Burgeon to Burgeon. And uh, so just, you know, stuff like that just to help out and to also just keep the, keep the truck going and keep our name in people's mouths and stuff like that. And my food in people's mouths. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I like to do the pairings, the beer. Bombas empanadas. Yeah. Even better salsas, bro. You make some killer salsas. I'm still in killing the salsa game. Prove it. Because <laughs> I don't have any here. This beer has salsa in it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I should have brought some. Yeah, hello. I know. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll ship it over to you. Just kidding. I'll bring it down. We'll have a... a we should set up a, a, a thing, a, an event, a chip and salsa event. You telling me how to run my business? No, I, I, I will set it up. I will set it up at your business. At your, I just need a place. Um, but anyway, anyhow, back, a little little backward backtrack. But I like I try to do pairings. Food, yeah, food and music. Yeah, food and music, beverage and music, food and beverage, mm -hmm. food and beverage and music. Very popular in the brewing industry. Trying and in the, to, yeah. I had a whole bunch of stuff set up, of course, last year, right? To in. 2020 bc before covid yes the plans were there got had some rad stuff in the works of course and then you know pairings and all these events and then so now it's just on hold whatever um and i'm not one of those businesses that's gonna do it like underground or whatever i'll, I'll do it underground when it's safe how do you feel about businesses that did go decide to operate I underground I, I understand from the from the, from the business standpoint of mm. course i understand being open and and your books and everything like that being someone who has had COVID and has had people pass away in their lives and get really sick, I, I think that it's, you know, dare I say for, I don't want Emil Brown to get in trouble, but I think it's somewhat irresponsible for- <laughs> Why the fuck would I get in trouble, bro? <laughs> because uh, because I'm saying it on here. No, and, this is what it's for. This is what that have platform put, is for. You're gonna have to put uh, the, the views of those in, <laughs> interviewed or not the express, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Because I the only reason I say that is from a food service standpoint, 
we're always at the top of our safety game. As, as I mean, in my kitchen, we're always sanitized, clean, washed, whatever we know. It's it's just a number one practice because so many people could get sick already from food service. Like, you know, I'm a food service test manager, proctor, whatever. So like, that's always in the forefront of my mind. I'm like, clean, pick that up, move that sanitizer, plus stuff like that. Just very militant about cleanliness because because it's unsanitary and unsafe already. So the food game, the be- you know, in breweries, you have to, I know that cleanliness is the utmost importance. Cleanliness because- is godliness. Mm-hmm. If cleanliness is... So I think that and as far as bi- from a business, stand- a food business standpoint, I under- I see all this stuff going on in, you know, communities like, I don't know, Oceanside Boulevard, whatever. Place- oh, damn. Places where they're... Direct hit. Look no, they're you. open and they don't care. They, 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 because- all of Carlsbad is open. Yeah. All of North County is just like doing things. Most of it. Most of North County. A lot of people are adhering to the rules, but also at the same time, some businesses that adhere to the rules, they have to shut down. Here's and the they, thing, man. They lose their business. It's but a very they, difficult position to be in when you're operating it's crazy. a business. It's, well, it's, it's this or that. Yeah. It's, it's bla- this is one of those black or white kind of things. Do I, I want to get bad PR for opening and trying to keep my business alive? Or do I want to continue to stay closed and just die in silence and no one's ever going to hear about us again? Exactly. You and, know? And I feel for those businesses that did, did, you know, shut down, rest in peace during this time. And um, I don't, I'm not saying if they made the right decision or not, but I understand both sides. Yeah. I'm a centrist and when it comes to most things. Political, religion, I everything. try to be yeah, because, sure. because I'm not the only person in the world. Correct. I'm, there's 10 million, 10 billion, I don't know friends available friends out there for me right and i know that i have differing opinions on things but it's because i try to think you know legitimately and from the other people's perspectives on things there's some things that i won't budge on like i'm not gonna say yes kill that baby or whatever it's like whoa aggressive i know i'm not gonna say that i'm saying very anti-christian punk rock of label of you (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) i think that i think that and i don't always want to associate with the Christian church label either mm. because there's so much bullshit in there. Yeah. You know, I like to be centrist. I believe that it's a healthy way to live in the middle to some, you have to have staunch beliefs on things, but like, I just don't believe in rigidity. Like it's, if you're rigid, like, ugh, like you can have business principles that are rigid. That's fine. Mm. And you know, your music can sound a certain way. That's fine. Give yourself some wiggle room, but have, I don't know. That's, and again, I'm not trying to tell you how to live, but this is how I, this is how I do it because I work with a whole bunch of different people. I'm not having a bunch of clones and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not going out and doing a wedding for somebody that's exactly like me or whatever. Like you have to be flexy, you know? And my students, I'm not, I don't have a bunch of like, you know, students from the suburbs and the same backgrounds and stuff like that. It's like all these kids are coming out of juvenile hall and different backgrounds and different struggles and stuff that's like crazy. that. crazy. I have to be able to pivot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every day is a pivot when you're teaching. Um, you have to be able to, I guess, not just pivot, but adapt and flex. There's roles to fill. There's different hats to wear with what you do. Dude. It's You've crazy. killed it in music. Have I? You've killed it in culinary. Did I say that right? Culinary? Can you just... Can You've you, killed you, it in the culinary. Culinary. <laughs> culinary. So tell me a little bit about your new venture that I'm assuming was birthed during the Rona. Which one? Your your podcast. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that kind of stemmed from conversations like this. Uh, everyone... Almost everyone I know or, or talk to is has somewhat pieces of a similar background, like music, food, beverage, drink, uh, entrepreneurship, hospitality, whatever. So I have a lot of conversations and 
you know, I have gotten multiple persuasions to record these conversations in podcast form, whatever. Right. So whether that's, you know, video or podcast online or whatever. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So I woke up one day and I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I, I had been using the tag punk chef for a long time when I was independent chefing between, you know, between urban life cafe and harvest kitchen. I was doing a lot of independent work and uh hired gun kind of stuff. Punk chef. Turns out there's a real punk. There's an actual punk chef label on somebody. He's a guy in England. He's, he's a deaf chef. Mm. actually deaf he does his videos in sign language but he's a rad punk chef he's got a pink mohawk you know if that if that means anything to the punk image that's you know? punk yeah oh, okay yeah i guess so i guess mohawks are you know eric i, I thought it was native american let's make sure we get pink mohawks <laughs> i just thought it was a native american thing the mohawk but uh, uh apparently, yeah apparently, there's a whole fucking tribe <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know so um so crazy how that the native american influenced i don't even know if it was influenced into mohawks into the punk rock but i'd rather i should do some research before i say anything um why there's a bag that just popped up over there i thought it was a witch it looked like i was just like right that black bag i'm i'm tripping yes you are that's what happens when you drink barrel <laughs> event horizon uh <laughs> this, rac- this raccoon's trip what are we drinking i'm currently drinking this charming stout by three punk ales mm. are you, that means you're a morrissey fan huh you know what no let's, i'm uh, not well, um wait let's get to that because that's that could be a topic go ahead for sure I, I should talk. We Mexicans should. love the Smiths. Mexicans <laughs> love Morrissey. Go ahead. Mexicans shouldn't love Morrissey. <laughs> we shouldn't, but no, we do because you know it's in our blood. Bah, <laughs> <laughs> bruh. So, 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 yeah. Podcast. I did. So, I changed it from Punk Chef to now. It's I'm a Punk Chef, so it's a Punk Chef's podcast. But the name of its family, F A M I L Y question mark because mm-hmm. food and music is life. Yes. Oh, el vato. Acronyms. Acronym. Okay, so, you. Food and music is life. Yes, um, I just think that. I just think that it. So you can say fam. You can call it family or whatever. I mean, like. you could have gone and kept punk chef. I did, and just do it with an S. Well, I say, I mean, this, champs, I say this is punk chef, a punk chef's podcast with an apostrophe, whatever. But because because he's the punk chef, mm. I'm just a punk chef. So, sans the mohawk, sans hawk. <laughs> I do it every once in a while, but you know, there's not as much on top now. So I got you know. I mean, it's punk rock to go bald. It's the new thing, right? And then, That's what I keep hearing. Okay. I wouldn't know because I have a full head of healthy hair. You do. You got that. <laughs> you got that. Uh, you got the uh, Garcia hair. Got a nice little quaff. Mm. So just started doing that conversations with people in the music industry, food industry, because I also found in all these conversations and in bands that I've been listening to, people in the bands have started businesses in the food industry, mm. coffee shops, mm-hmm. breweries, mm-hmm. chefs, you know, that are, or, or vice versa. Chefs are also in punk bands or... You know, there's some chefs that you're going to, you're going to kill this podcast because you have all of the contacts, dude. It's the people I already talked to yeah. on a regular basis. I'm like, let's just record this. Yeah. So I have, I've had, I have had some good conversations already recorded. And now I just have to figure out, you know, the editing and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's in the baby phases right now. It's a, it's a fetus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, An embryo? A, a zygote? Zy- a zygote. <sighs> it's zygotic. Uh, so, I'm going to say something. What does the word frozen <laughs> embryos mean to you? That sounds hella punk. And Jordan Catalano. No, okay, I lost it. Never mind. That that go ahead. Is that from an MTV show? Yes, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that name sounds familiar. My so-called life. Yes, that's what it was. Okay. I thought it was the only weenie that knew about. That. No, I remember <laughs> that the- dude's band's name was "We're the Frozen Embryos." Yeah. <laughs> I love Fucking Jordan Catalano, I, bro. I love band name. I need to do a YouTube video. I love the band names that come out of movies and shows, uh-huh. like 
Exploding Diaper and like Wild Damn. Stallions. And Wild like, Stallions. Yeah, everyone, that was the one with Mark Wahlberg, right? No, Bill and Ted. Uh, what was the one with Mark Wahlberg when he was in that band? Steel Dragon. Steel Dragon. <laughs> You're a weenie, dog. Well, I, because that's my thing as I watch all the music movies and documentaries and I listen to all the music podcasts and I didn't want to, I didn't need to be competing. I'm not competitive. I don't need to compete with all the music podcasts or all the food podcasts, but, uh, but my conversations are always like, let's put them together. Um, also, you're competing with the Emo Brown podcast. I'm competing with the Emo Brown podcast, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, em, I'm Emo Beige. <laughs> emo Beige. Emo Pink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, Pinky but, Brown. But hey, maybe you know we're I'm part of the Emo Brown podcast network. I'm going to put you under the umbrella of the Emo Brown media. Under the, you under know? the, uh, under the, uh, what's it, the Paraguay? We'll, we'll, we'll make sure we take care of you. <laughs> got, it, got it. We're always accepting new members, Can quality I members. Your sure mics? <laughs> you just got to let us use dogwood music on that, on the episodes Dude, that we're going to take it, use it. Nobody else is listening to it. <laughs> That's emo, right? So, um, wait till you hear my emo band. Um, so we, uh, yeah, I just started recording some stuff with some homies and stuff like that. And people I don't know. Like, people are suggesting stuff to me. Imagine me thinking we were homies, but you haven't reached out. We're more awesome. like, we're more like, we're not homies. We're like, we're like houseies. You know? <laughs> I've been, I've actually, we haven't warned each other yet. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So, no, but I want to talk to people that I don't, that I'm not on a regular basis with either. Like, I don't know, you know, somebody, this person I'm trying to get in touch with from Canada or whatever, but they're an amazing musician who has restaurants and vice versa so i think those conversations are they sound cool to me yeah you know and maybe i'll just record a bunch that sound cool to me but i'm but also i can talk about things that are on my mind i can put music on there um you know just i don't know and and also i want i want the world to hear about these people so how uh, long do you want this format to be you mean lengthwise mm -hmm. per episode i don't know i think i think an hour is about about good for as far as um because i'm going to break it up into segments because i have adhd and I think How do you spell that? ADHD. Oh, okay. Pedalon, pedalon, pedalon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I can't find the number for 911. Damn it. 911. <laughs> uh, so I think that um, I break it up so that you could, you could stop it and come back to it and like kind of not lose your, or I put like music in the middle or like some kind of, you know, of my own break to talk about something. I'm excited know. to listen to it, man. I want to, yeah. I'm excited to listen to it. I'll send you some like, you know, ideas or whatever. Because every time we just sit down and shoot the shit, it's always fun. You know, like I yeah. forget what we're talking about. We, we just kind of get lost on different tangents. Uh, I think we both have ADHD. We started riffing. You started, know, and just yeah. it, and it just kind of develops into something. And if that's anything to look forward to on your podcast, I think you're going to kill it. Well, thank you. I, I, I don't necessarily want to kill it, I guess. I, I guess at this point, I, because, I, I mean, maybe it will, but I think that uh, I would just, it's more like another fun project for me. And another reason is, like I said, I'm not doing the band full time, but I want to create and I want to record stuff. And like, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind you of like pointed at studio. me. No, I'm, it's fine. That I'm, means we're going to record together. Oh, I'll be in, I'll be in La Cueva. Oof. Uh, yeah, the COVID down. Cueva. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I, 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 you got six months, bro. I won't get it. Yeah. You so, got six months so, before that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, so that's happening and I got some stuff lined up and, um, I'm going to be on other, other friends podcasts and you're kind of a little podcast hoe. <laughs> Every time I turn one on, it's like, oh, there's Josh again. There he is. But because because since since I do a couple of different things, I think I can talk on podcasts about music. Yeah, you check a lot of boxes about, for sure. I can talk about you know society or social justice. I can talk about you know deconstruction of your religion or what. I don't know. There's different things that I'm passionate about. 
that I can, you know, I've been on parenting things or like, you know, different things because, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not in my, I'm not 17 anymore. I I've done some stuff and I, I have drank some things and, you know, so let's do it. Why not? You know, look at you, man. Look at, I'm in the treehouse, everybody. You wrapped it all up and put it in a little bow. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So the family casts, you know, got just basically I just food and music is life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to figure out. I like to, it. I had to figure out something to, cause you know, cause uh, you know, I say fam a lot or whatever, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I would, I would talk to somebody who's not necessarily even doing both. It could be somebody who's just, just doing chef work, but I think that they're punk rock. I think that they're, I think that that's a punk rock ethos, the way they're doing it or just doing music. Not, I mean, I'm not saying just like it's bad, but like it doesn't always have to be the pairing or the mix, you know, but because then I, because I ask questions like, what are you listening to right now? What would you pair with this beer if you were, if you had the chance to, or, you know, what did your grandma listen to when she was cooking? What do you listen to? Ooh, getting, getting, okay. So you mean like right now, what am I listening to? Go ahead. Yeah. Let's, well, 2020 just ended. Mm. 2020, when people say 2020, it throws me off. 2021, I'm like, what year is that? Is that 2021? Is that the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, my mind. Anyways, so so I did a year-end kind of list, listicle, whatever, you know. Um, so I, I'm into this band, Be Well. Okay. They're, it's almost like a hardcore supergroup, hardcore punk. They're all from, you know, East Coast, members of other bands. Um, but the singer in particular... He has mental illness issues and he writes, the whole record is about his mental illness struggles. He has a daughter, he's 12 years old and he writes about the whole, writes about all this stuff on the personal. It's very personal, very, very intense, very emotional. You can see it, but you can sing along with it. It's very catchy, very well-written stuff. They're all professional musicians. Very, it's super good record. Be well. And, uh, I would just totally, I heard it once and I related to almost everything you was saying, not because I struggle with mental illness per se, but I do love a really good, honest approach to songwriting. Like, it, like, you know, a throwback to what we said earlier is like, I wasn't writing about skating around town and stuff like that. Um, not that there's of course nothing wrong with doing that. I, I did do that personally, but I wasn't writing songs about it. And I think that the world is filled with a lot, enough skating songs. There's enough of that. Just like yeah. there's enough, you know, there's enough podcasts or whatever i don't need to compete with that so i was saying i'm just gonna write about like i'm gonna write about some crap just do you i'm gonna write about the bottom sludge you know like this is what's going on in my heart or whatever and some people related to it some people liked it you know um and it kept but it kept me writing because the more i wrote about it i was like there's a lot of stuff that's bad to write about like i mean there's a lot of bad stuff going on that you could write about because some people also don't see that or realize it like you know, it's a great day and it's quiet out here. There's no, no, no crime right now or anything like that. But at the same time, just a couple of blocks away or whatever in your neighborhood, there's a homeless guy and yeah. you know, like what, well, I don't know, like you, you, not everyone can be a social justice warrior. Uh, but, but at the same time, there's a lot of need out there and what can we do to, to, you know, to help? What can you do to help like charity work or volunteer work or anything like that? Like, how can we get that out there? That's one way. We're going to link you up with the Emo Brown Foundation. We've got a lot of good things coming up. Yeah, Caesar was telling me about that. What, what's going on with the Emo Brown Foundation? Everything. Like, Fundraisers. I saw you helped out the YMCA. Yeah, we work with the YMCA to raise over $6,000 for here. We kept it very introspective as it relates to our community. You know, we helped three, three uh, elementary schools, um, three families, one from each family that really needed help during the holiday season. And 
we were able to get every student in those programs like a $25 or more gift card. Uh, we were able to give away three bicycles, you know, so we raised, we raised money. We raised six, like hard earned money. How do you DIY money? from us to them? The no listeners? middle person. Uh, it was listeners. It was biking events. It was, you know, reaching out to businesses and everybody, everyone pitched in, man. Everybody wanted it. to help. So That's awesome. we said, you know what? We have something here. Let's not just wait till the end of the year to do that. Yeah. Let's do more. So yeah, moving forward, we're going to be doing a uh, scholarships. So at the, at the end of the school year, we're going to work on having five scholarships, you know, um, either five for $2,000 or 10 for $1,000 where we look at people here in the community. Uh, yeah, we haven't even put this out yet, but the ultimate plan is have people submit, you know, their application for the the scholarship and we'll sit down as a foundation, review it and give people the funds who need it. Rising stars, people who have everything they need except the financial background to get it done. I'm in. You know what I mean? I'm, I said I'm in. I meant amen. Oh, amen. And also I'm you in. Leave that religious shit at home no, there, I'm Campbell. In, like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. But I said it like a you know my grandmother. I'm in. Because people uh, look at us and we, they they see oh fucking oh they 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 work at breweries. They own breweries. They do this. Uh, they drink. They'll they smoke. Oh, they're talking about you. Yeah, like us. And we're like no man. I mean yes, we do those that things. Mean you can't help. Yeah, them but guess what? We're also we're also family guys. You know. I'll we're, tell we're, you a quick story. I'm ready about that Ooh, i'm ready i was that kid because mm. i didn't have i didn't have a mother and father uh good di- i didn't have a good dynamic of that in my life my real my real dad my birth dad uh, was out of my life when i was a baby i had one picture of him my mother my mother there he is my, it's not, I'm sorry, not my dad, but that guy. Uh, my mother. <laughs> Your dad's here, bro. <laughs> what? That could be him. You now, went for cigarettes 30 years mother, ago. My mother, yeah, yeah, <laughs> was single, you know, remarried uh, when I was six. So I had a time with just her. But then he was, you know, so my stepfather, about 10 years in my life, and it was not a good dynamic. He left. He just recently passed away last year, which I wrote a new song about. I This is the drop. Uh, the newest song that St. Didicus did is about that, him passing away, and it's written a perspective of his life. So it's not like, it's not my relationship with him necessarily. It's a perspective of his life from childhood to death. Crazy stuff, right? So, but anyways, back to what I was saying about the the being, me being that kid, that we were on welfare and, you know, st- food stamps, and my mom did a daycare out of her house to help the community and so there was always babies sleeping in my bedroom when I came home from school and shit. And I was like, okay, I, okay. It's my pillow, bro. What can I do to help? Like what, you know, how, I think that instilled in me a sensitivity to those, to that community of um, people who need help. What, not necessarily homeless people or drug addicts or anything like that, but people in general who need stuff or people who are on well, government assistance or people who are coming out of juvenile hall or struggling with addictions or anything like that. Like, there's all there's everyone has a different thing that they may be struggling with that, that we not we may not know about like mental illness you know any kind of addiction or anything like that like we don't say it there's not really a way to for them to tell you that they have that unless you can see it if you can see it sure but like you know if, it, if they seem normal and they have something they're struggling with or whatever it's, it's hard to it's hard to explain it like this but like anyhow I, we received a lot of help from people, the community, churches, community, school. Like my teachers went out of their way to to make sure I was okay. I almost didn't graduate high school. I finally got a good counselor in high school that was like, look, here's what you got to do. You know, 
So I took extra summer school, night school, zero period classes, like just to graduate. And I, and I ended up getting like, I don't know, like a B average or something like that. But I was not doing good because my parents were going through a divorce in the middle of high school. So that really messed me up. I stopped doing sports. You know, I had, I had a really promising sports career in high school that I, as soon as they got divorced, I was like, well, really, I was just doing the sports for him, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, but you know, I guess one bright side of that came out of that was I got a lot of fodder for music, <laughs> but anyways, a lot of foundation I feel to build like, on. I feel like what you're doing is great because everybody in a, in any, in any community in a, in a major city needs needs uh support and especially for kids i mean it's not a lot that we're being I mean, yeah, we're is. doing it something is. if you, you know? help you're gonna help let's say you help one of those kids one and that kid grows up to be the director of the ymca or whatever uh, you know stuff like that or uh, they become a i don't know all the way up to president who knows i don't know you you're helping it doesn't matter because you're help you're helping that one or six or whatever people you know so somebody uh, the, a few people in my life helped me out and I will never forget those people. I, I know all their names and stuff like that. I'm still in touch with some of the people who helped my family out, you know, who helped my mom out, me. So my brother and sister, you know, like it doesn't go away unless that, you know, I think that it sticks with you no matter what, you know. He's feeling it. He's feeling it. <laughs> he is feeling, he's feeling himself, bro. The Ford Festiva. <laughs> but uh, I think. the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I think I think that sticks with you, and I think that the Emo Brown Foundation is doing a good thing. Even if you could help one family, that family is not going to forget that, and they'll help somebody else out, and and it just keeps going. That's the goal, man. Legacy it up. Make Pay sure it that forward, Pilsner. Can, yeah. <laughs> look at you, Campbell. You've said enough. Mm-hmm. I look forward to listening to your podcast. Ooh, I'll have you. I'm going to have a conversation with you. Do we do it in person over the phone? How do you do this? I mean, both. I, I both. It doesn't so matter. bring my cell phone just in case. Bring this whole setup. We'll, set up we'll do it at the brewery. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I'm anything really. I do it. On, I do it phone. I do it, uh, in person. I don't know because it's it's in its infancy. I want it. I want salsa. So I'll go to you. <laughs> I'll go to you. He wants the salsa. He wants the sauce. He wants the sauce. Kemble, thank you for coming for the fourth fucking time. Is this fourth? I yeah. think so, bro. Okay. At least fourth. Because I have that dad, the the dadcore podcast. It's there. I don't even like. It's there. Yeah. I I open my computer, my laptop, and it's there in the right hand corner. It says Dad X Core <laughs> Podcast con Josh Kemble. Because I think that when we first did that, that was like two years ago. Emo Brown was in its infancy. Yeah, we had mainly, just started Emo Brown mainly, mm-hmm. and uh, we were gonna kind of side side do dad the dad core one but then we just started having those people on as or i mean those people that i wanted on dad core we they just started going on emo brown so, yeah so that's good too you know we'll bring him we'll bring a dad core back bro <laughs> it'll be one of those things i i hashtag dad core for my my music now uh-huh yeah the the just for saint didica stuff because it's like it's punk. It's not like seventeen-year-old punk rock. Yeah, it's you know? not us it's, smoking I cigarettes in front like, of Seven Eleven, drinking a Mickey's out of a paper could, bag. I guess you still could do that. I mean, yeah, but, but and now it'd be like a West Coast IPA. Like, <laughs> it would be like a, it'd be like a, it would be a Swishers. It wouldn't be Swishers. It'd be like, you know, like something fancy. I don't know, like in my CBD or something. Black you know, like, um, but I, but it's dadcore because it's I I feel like it's a little bit more mature music, and I'm writing about stuff that's going on now versus stuff. 
maybe that's happened to me when I was a kid. Or so. I so don't you're, know. So you're not thinking about, hey, mom, there's something in the bathroom. <laughs> Why do you hate Blink so much, bro? Look at you. I don't, they- I hate, Blink. I don't <laughs> hate Blink. I don't hate Blink. <laughs> they've done some. They've done some fun stuff. They've done some fun things. But. Joshua Quimble. Hey, the Emo Brown Podcast. Thanks you. You are an official like extension of what we do. <laughs> And this family podcast that you're coming up with, we're going to put it under the umbrella. Okay. Emo Brown Productions. Let's do it. Emo it's beige. On. I'm Emo Beige. Welcome to the family of podcasts. <laughs> oh, he did it. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming, as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join, submit, follow. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. Blasting through high. I don't mean for the boo. Yeah, remember what the one.